0: You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to these live devotionals. I hope you're doing well. My name is Pastor Daniel Williams, and I want to get into God's word with you uh, today and talk about doing ministry in the last days, Uh, serving the Lord in these last days. I think right now, especially what's happening in the Middle East, Um, and rumors of wars, and the war in Ukraine, and all this different stuff around the world is happening. We're more globalized uh, than ever before. We see all the evil, and wickedness, and just conflict around the world. Uh, It makes us think about just times of trouble, difficulty, and what the Bible calls last days, the end of the age where Jesus, he will return, and he's coming back again to For his bride to rule and reign and we're gonna rule and reign with him it's in a part of Christianity that we believe that Jesus not only um, died and rose again went to the Father but is going to come back again and we need to live in expectancy of this and so right now we sort of have two ways of interpreting this in the body of Christ Um, people do a lot of prophecy study update get all freaky about Puzzles and charts and all this different stuff. Who's the Antichrist and what's the time frame and stuff? I don't want to go down that road. I do think that there is a place. I have studied through Revelation. I have a time frame. I do have views about those things. But I want to today talk about the application of just the last days. This is where we live in. This is what it's all about. Jesus said, yes, there's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be all this different craziness outside perspective that we can look for a signs, And that is a part of our faith prophecy. It is happening. God has declared things to become true. Um, but we don't have to look even too far or be so confused about, well, what about this prophecy or that war or this war? We could just look at our own heart and the evil in this world around us. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verses one through five to his protege Timothy about the last days. He says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, great, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Now listen, you don't have to be a prophet to interpret that passage. This is the heart of man, and the Bible actually says that we are living in the last days. Even the Apostle Paul said, we're living in the last days, this age where Jesus has ascended and gone to the Father and is interceding for us, and he wants us to live in, uh, anticipation that he is coming back again that he is going to rule and reign and that he is sovereign and that we, we we live for his kingdom right here on earth is now it is good for us to have an imminent return of christ to walk in that and to know that and not to get caught up in the evil but the bible says overcome evil by doing good to understand god placed us in these days these last days This end of the age is coming, and we're a part of God's sovereign plan, his story uh, that he is doing and working out and displaying his goodness through humanity before he comes and judges the living and the dead. Because when he comes, there will be no more time of repentance. But today, the last days, man, this is the time that we should be saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so what do we do in the last days? How How do we sort of minister... And serve the Lord in this last days. And what I want to do is I want to look at a passage from Romans chapter 13 with three imperatives on how to apply what to do. Uh, or maybe you may say three commands or uh, application points. I remember listening to a message by a pastor, uh, Skip Heitzig. He talked um, about doing ministry in the last days, and it's it's just really imprinted in my mind uh, from these points uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, the three points that they all match. So I'm going to give you his points, even though I have different illustrations and scripture and stuff, but um, I'm so grateful that the word of God, the Holy Spirit could bring truth to our minds, right? Now, that's what I pray for you before I got on this, like God, that you would use this for uh, people to watch this and to, to hear your truth and be reminded of these things. And so we are living in this time, what the Bible calls the last days, God hasn't returned the second coming and uh, implied uh, instituted his or consummated his kingdom where there's heaven, right? This is not heaven. This is not the end, Uh, but there's still a plan a purpose and we live in this hope. So what do we do? How do we minister in the last days? Well, Romans 13, 11 through 14 sort of give us some application, uh, three points that I want to share with you, application points of what we can do now right? Rather than freaking out, rather than trying to pull out our charts, rather than doing all this different stuff, what do we do as Christians in the last days? And what can we do to really minister and be used by God and spread the gospel? Uh, Romans 13, 11 through 14, it says this, but besides this, you know, the time that the hour has come for you to wake up from sleep for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. It's closer. God's return is closer. He's coming back. The night is far gone, the text says, and the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, nor in sexual morality or sensuality, nor in quarreling or jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify desires. I have three simple application points for us in this devotional. Uh, Wake up, suit up, and shape up. What can we do in the last days? Well, we can wake up, we can suit up, and we can uh, shape up. First, Paul tells every believer to wake up. Wake up. The hour, he says, has come for you to wake from sleep. You know, you could be sleeping when you should be awake. Uh, This is really uh, happened to Everyone, if you've gone to school before, you know the alarm clock is supposed to wake you up. You're supposed to go and have responsibility and go to school, but yet you sleep through it. It's the most crazy feeling. Or when you have to do an early flight, you may wake up five times because you know you can sleep through something that's important if you don't prevent it, if you don't put some alarm clock, some urgency to it. And the Bible says we we should be living in some urgency. We even have biblical examples of people in the Bible that were sleeping when they should have been awake. Remember Jonah? who was asleep on the boat, when the guys told him to, hey, wake up and pray to your God. There's a situation going on. Or maybe the disciples, when they fell asleep with Jesus, when he was praying, transforming uh, transfiguration and, and saying, God, guys, come on, pray with me. It's, the hour has come. He was about to be crucified, but they kept on sleeping. Listen, we need to wake up spiritually because the Bible wants us walking in light in, in this situation and to be at hand. Uh, And one of the ways that we need to wake up as God's people is to pray in these last days, to, to pray in these last days, to wake up, to align our hearts up with God of what he is doing in this generation and what he wants to do. You know, this is one of the reasons why as our church we take prayer and fasting so seriously. I'm getting together with other local pastors. We're planning 21 days of prayer and fasting in January. We're going to be doing it again. It's one of part of our rhythm to continue to seek God Um, But we also want to seek God, man, just monthly, weekly, daily. And so we, we have many small groups and opportunities to pray. Pray before service. Pray with men. Pray with women. Every first Friday of the month, we're starting to pray and fast again. We want to be awake and sensitive to how the Spirit is moving. For the text says, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. It's time to wake up. We see the evil. We see the rumors of wars. We see the chaos. What are we to do? Let's get in tune to what God wants to do and ask him. Listen to him. You know, Jesus would tell us this in Luke 21, 8. Now, when these things begin to take place, he would say, think about the last days and and how this is going to come. He says, straighten up, raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Get alert. Wake up. Besides, you know the time. You know, the time is here. Why aren't you waking up? Um, And you know what? As we live this life, we can get tired, right? Uh, We cannot prioritize what God has said and we can be sluggish. But the Bible says to wake up, O sleeper. In what areas of your life do you need to wake up? How have you been sluggish? maybe you haven't been going to god listening to him being in fellowship being in the word uh, living a generous life investing in the kingdom to come you know the bible says a lot about finances and and talking about investing that to the kingdom to come if it's coming let's invest in that let's let's share the gospel he who wins souls is wise right how can you wake up what are the things that you know what to do but you aren't doing Uh, you're giving your attention to something else well romans tells us to wake up because Jesus is coming, and it's sooner today than it was yesterday. Praise God. The second thing this text says is to suit up. We're to be attentive, aware. We're to wake up at the situation at hand, right? But then we're to suit up, okay? So then the text says, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. We need to be suiting up in the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. Listen, can I just remind you, you have been specifically called in this generation, at this year, in this moment, in this time, to fight a good fight. We're in a spiritual warfare. There's no mistake that you're alive listening to this or watching this. You, you've been put together as God's people, the church, and hopefully you're in the local church, at redemption church or other church to do this in community, to not ignore the problem, but to do something about the problems. We're to devote ourselves to good works. And this isn't going to be easy and it's not going to be something of your flesh that you can do. You need to rely on God and his strength because he is the one that gives us effective ministry and as the charge of his kingdom. And so when we pray and ask God's kingdom to come, he can give us directives, instruction through his word, through the spirit to empower us and to actually uh, live this life for him. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter six about putting on, right? Put off the evil works, the darkness, be in light and put on Christ. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, Stand therefore, having fast on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness." And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace In all the circumstances, take up the shield of faith that uh, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit and all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. Now. I'm not going to go into an in-depth study of the full armor of God, but this may be something that you want to actually break down and pray through and talk about. Because, can I give you the big picture of what this is saying? When it says, put off darkness, put on the armor of God or the light of God, you need to abide in Jesus. You need to abide in Jesus to be fruitful. We need to abide in Jesus. And that isn't a formula. That's seeking him daily. That's that's learning what it means to pray in the spirit and, and use the word of God to build your soul up and to be ready in the gospel. And What is the gospel? And be training. Like, are you a disciple? Because it's different for you to just be aware and wake up. But you also need to get strength to do what you're supposed to. Now that you're aware and you see it's bad and you could do something, don't do it on your own strength. Do it in his might, in his strength. He's given us tools to fight, to thrive as children of God. But the question is, are we going to him? Because it says not only to be aware, but to act. And we act in his strength. And lastly, this text says we're to shape up. We're to shape up. You know what it means to get into shape. January's coming. Holidays are coming. You know, okay, uh, I I need to do some correction, course correction to get into shape. Some exercises, some disciplines, some good works to get a result. Now that we're abiding in Christ, we're aware of the situation, we're abiding in Christ. We need to apply that. We need to shape up. We need to go forward and move forward in something that we can do. He says, lastly, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Here's the big picture. Paul is challenging us to live a holy life to walk in the character of christ he's saying put off the things of the flesh and put on the things of christ or the things of the spirit in your social life he gives an example of a party scene orgies and drunkenness are you in your social life being with other people in community are you living a godly holy life what about your personal life your moral life he says sexual immorality and sensuality. These morals. Are you getting your morals and your directives and what's right and wrong from God's truth and applying that with integrity in your personal life? Is your personal life when when no one's around? Not just your social life, but when no one's around, integrity. Are you doing what's right? You need to get that in order. He says your interpersonal life, your relationships, and so even with believers, are you quarreling? Are you jealous? Are you living a holy life with? Loving one another, honoring one another, serving one another. I I know that we've been implementing community groups. And one of my prayers this season is just, Lord, guard these people. Because we need to have have holiness, not just in our own personal lives, but in community. And people are going to bug us. Are we going to gossip? Are we going to quarrel? Are we going to be jealous? Lord, please guard people against this. Help them to learn to mature. Because we need to be holy in our relationships, not backbiting, not gossiping, forgiving quickly, not being offended. Listen, you need to love people. This is a part of holiness. God wants us to love people as he has loved people. And so Paul is saying, shape up in these areas, your social life, your personal life, your interpersonal life, relationships. Where do you need to work on? Where do you need to shape up? Because it's a good thing for us to think about things, to be aware, to to wake up. To pray up, to, to ask God to use us, but then also to shape up, to live a holy life. So Paul says, no, make no provision for the flesh. Now provision, that word provision means to think in advance or to plan to. What's the action steps you need to take to do ministry in these last days? How do you need to wake up? How do you need to suit up? How do you need to shape up? We should be making plans to put on Jesus and live in his ways. Paul would say, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, because of this, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is a debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Suit up. Man, we should uh, wake up, suit up, and shade up, shape up. Uh, we should be applying God's word to the last days and the generation that we live in. And so, man, this is why we want to bring you... The word of God through these devotionals through our service times and I hope this is just a reminder that you can do something as last days don't be so discouraged I'll end with this quote since I got Skip Heidsick to give me this outline again I don't really know how far the verses he used and the examples he used I can't even remember but I do remember that outline and I made some oh, my own thoughts about it but um, I do have this quote about this message he says this the most joyful people I've ever met are those who love the Bible who read it, listen to it with great joy and anticipation, and then decide to keep it. I pray you will be one of those people as you learn to live in light of eternity. Man, let's keep on going to God's word, listening to what he says, and applying it in light of eternity. God will rule and reign. He is sovereign. He has a plan for us, a providential hand right now, ministering and using our lives. Let's be sensitive to his spirit. Let's wake up. Let's put on this full armor of God and let's live for him and make some plans to make no provision for the flesh, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and live for him today. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, watching on YouTube or listening uh, on your um, uh, podcast platform. Please make sure you subscribe, you share, and uh, we will see you in the next video.